Stop wasting time searching for deals on the guns and gear you want. Let Gundelio do the work for you. Download Gundelio for free, enable notifications, and start saving. You'll find hot deals, exclusive offers, and more. Trigger the deals. Gundelio. Hey, everybody. We're all off for the holidays, letting the staff have some time with their families. Glad that you could be here. Hope that your holidays are safe. Now, here is a reloaded version of Gun Talk. We talk about guns here. Buying guns, owning guns, storing guns, using them responsibly and safely. Trap skeet, sporting clays, target shooting, and yes, of course, of course. Self-protection, personal protection, taking care of ourselves and our family because we know ultimately we are, we, we are the first responders. We are the ones who are going to be there. The cops will show up when they can show up as fast as they can. They'll do good things, but they're not going to be there when it all goes down. Before we got several calls, I'm going to get to you guys in just a second, but I do want to mention this, the whole deal of, you know, why would I carry? I don't feel like carrying. I only go to safe places. I'm not going anywhere. It's dangerous today, really. New Orleans a week ago in a gun store, at a gun store, a running gun battle, more than 100 rounds fired. If you haven't seen the story, you got to see it. You can see the video. Three people dead, including the gunman. Two innocent people dead. A woman who was there just to pick up a pistol that she was buying for personal protection and one of the gun store owners, or rather uh, workers. Seven employees ended up shooting this guy. He fired 30 rounds. He had one of those 30 or 32 round mags in his Glock, shot at the slide lock. The employees fired 70 plus rounds. No customers fired any shots. The, the sheriff said, the employees who shot this guy saved lives. If you're there, you're going, I'm just going to a gun store. Why do I need to carry? And I know people are saying, well, they had a sign there. You can't carry in a gun store. Yes, I understand. No loaded guns in here. I understand. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. At first I thought, well, I wonder why no customers returned fire. Oh, yeah. They had disarmed. They had unloaded their guns. You are your own first responder. 866-TALK-GUN is the number here. Let's go talk with uh, Ron on line four. He's out of Yellville, Arkansas. Hey, Ron, what are you looking at here? Um, well, I'm a neophyte when it comes to reloading. Okay. But um, considering how hard ammunition is becoming to get, um, three of us went together and decided to take up reloading, and okay. each one's doing a particular part. Mm -hmm. I, being the least knowledgeable, uh, am cleaning, deprining, and checking the shells, and then pass them on to two guys who are much more knowledgeable than I. The thing okay. with the cases that um, I've been cleaning, um, I have a couple of forty fives here. The markings on the bottom make no sense to me, and I'm sure they're 45s. But is there any way to know who and where these cases with um, that don't uh, have the manufacturer's name well, on it? And, and does it really yeah. matter? It, well, last person, uh, last question first. No, does it really matter as long as you are absolutely sure these are 45 uh, Colt, you know, 45 ACP brass? Right. 
Um, right. Yes, you know, sometimes you'll get them, they'll say you know, Remington Federal, Winchester on the bottom, but sometimes it just got weird little numbers and letters on there, and it's probably yes. military, uh, very possibly military. Where are you getting your brass? Um, this is, um, well, it's range brass. It came from um, uh, law enforcement uh, range. Okay, uh, if law enforcement range, they're probably getting under contract, and so it's not stamped with anything in particular. The, it, in okay. your case, this doesn't matter. It's got to be fine. As long as you're absolutely sure it's 45 ACP, just load it. Don't worry about it. Um, the okay. If you were to start picking up range brass of rifle cartridges, the one yes. thing you have to be careful of because you're new to this is there are two different kinds of primers. There's the boxer primer, which we're used to in the America, and you yeah. just knock out the primer with the uh, decapping pin. But there's something called a Burdan primer, and yeah. you, can't, you will break the decapping pin on your die. You cannot knock those out. There's a whole different system there. So I would encourage you, if you get into doing rifles, if you end okay. up using range brass, you really need to make sure you have boxer primed uh, brass. Okay. But, you know, it sounds to me like you're doing okay. You're, you're doing fine with this. And just it's interesting. And there are ways you can look up what those codes mean on there. But yeah. it, does, it doesn't really matter for what you guys are doing. Okay. Well, that's reassuring. Uh, I, I'm depriming some 30 caliber carbine right now. And it has the most <laughs> uncipherable printing yeah. on it. Uh, a lot of military I, stuff there. And yeah, and it's like lakes. Some may have like LC, could be Lake City, uh, different kind of numbers and things on there. But again, uh, you know, if you know exactly that it is the right caliber, and if you're sure in this case, it's not Burdan primed and shouldn't be, uh, I think you're going to be good. Look, I got to keep running here. We got them lined up today. I thank you, Ron. And congratulations on getting into handloading. It's a fun hobby too. Dennis is on line three out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Dennis, you're on Gun Talk. Hi, Tom. I got a two-part warning. Uh, Uh-oh. N- number one is if you buy some reloads from a gun show or something, make sure you keep track of who you got them from because I just had my second squib load in a forty-four. Forty-four special? Uh, forty-four Magnum. But fortunately, I noticed wow. the... Uh, tiny pop that happened and the bullet stuck in the barrel yes sir how'd you get it out with a rod you know back at home uh i just set it aside because it was frustrating but i wish i'd had the name and address of who i got it from well this is a weird i'm glad you mentioned this because i'm getting more and more reports of this people are buying reloaded ammo at gun shows or even gun stores they don't know who made it uh, there's nobody to go back to on this. And I have generally made it a practice not to buy anybody else's reloads. If it doesn't have a manufacturer's name on it, and if I don't know the person who loaded it, I won't buy it and I won't shoot it. That's just kind of my thing. And I understand we're in this weird place right now where it's hard to get ammo. But uh, you make a good point. It's like, okay, who loaded this? What's the phone number? If I have a problem, who do I go to on this? Oh, you're right about that, Tom. That has gotten me off of buying reloads myself. And the second warning is be aware of scams in this time of shortages because while searching for the elusive Glock 29, 
mm-hmm. and looking for different kinds of ammo, I found a couple of prices that were too good to be true. And in one case, on the ammo, I went on Google Maps, and because they even had a physical address, and it was, in fact, a gun shop, but it was a different name, and they had a posting that said, we have nothing to do with that name. That is a scam. Ah. So hmm. the price is too good to be true. It just might be. Well, it almost always is. I mean, there's no reason for somebody to be selling at half the going rate these days. And if they're offering that, chances are they're going to take your money and you're not going to get anything in return. Yes, and I saw a couple of posts that said that's exactly what happened to people. Yep, exactly. Well, I appreciate you uh, giving everybody the heads up on this. I'm uh, I'm sorry about your squib load. I'm glad you were safe about it, and it allows me to make a, a point here. Thank you for the call, sir. Just before we go to the break, your squib load, it's a an underpowered load where the bullet actually, the cartridge doesn't have enough power to push the bullet all the way out of the barrel, and the bullet gets stuck in the barrel. It is a potentially very dangerous situation because if you don't know it happened, you fire another round, now you have this obstruction in the barrel that it could conceivably blow up the barrel and harm the shooter or people around you. So if you get a weird sound or a feel or something just doesn't seem right, stop immediately. Do not shoot the gun again. Do not pull the trigger again. Unload it all the way. Find out what's going on. Find out if you got a squib load. Find out if you got a bullet stuck in the barrel. We used to not have to worry about this, but with uh, all these reloads being sold these days, it's a thing. 866-TALK-GUN. The Ruger Max 9 is a micro-sized striker-fired 9mm pistol offering 12 plus 1 capacity and a high-visibility tritium fiber day-night front sight. The Ruger Max 9 is optic-ready for direct mounting of co-witness J-point and shield pattern micro red dot sights. Available in three different models, manual safety, state compliant, and pro. The Ruger Max 9 is your next handgun. Find out more at Ruger.com slash Max 9. Hi, this is Tom Gresham from Gun Talk. America is losing critical wildlife habitat at a rate of one football field every hour. It's happening on the Louisiana coast, but it's critical to all sportsmen and conservationists. These precious wetlands provide winter habitat for more than 10 million ducks and geese annually, waterfowl that migrate north through dozens of states. Don't shrug it off. Get involved. You can help. Visit vanishingparadise.org. Visit Brownells.com for the best parts, tools, and accessories to get your build on. Building an AR? Brownells has the best uppers, lowers, barrels, handguards, and parts. What about a custom pistol build? Brownells has both 80% and complete handgun frames, slides, and barrels to make your handgun what you want. Brownells also has articles and videos to help you build and customize your firearms. Go to Brownells.com and start your gun build today. Huh. I just checked. Yeah, it is true. Wayne Lapierre uh, did make a speech at CPAC. Interesting. The comments on the story on Breitbart are really fascinating. Several people, their comments are simply, nice suit, Wayne. <laughs> if you don't know the story, uh, we now find out that Wayne Lapierre has spent more than $250,000 on 
custom-made suits. That doesn't count the private jets he's flown on from the East Coast to the West Coast for his fittings at his custom tailor, all paid for with your dues money. Yeah. Uh, Doug is in Springfield, Missouri, on line one, talking about NRA. Hey, Doug, welcome to Gun Talk. Hello. I was. I heard your comments about the NRA a while ago uh, mm-hmm. while I'm listening. And I, my question is, I'm not a member yet. Am I still supposed to join the NRA, or am I supposed to not join the NRA these days? Well, I don't know what people are supposed to do. What What I can tell you is that an awful well, lot of people have decided not to join or are not renewing right now. And their message to the NRA is get rid of Wayne LaPierre and his cronies up there who have been raping the organization of tens of millions of dollars. And once that's done, then I'll renew or then I'll join. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I, I cannot in good conscience encourage anybody to join the NRA right now. I just can't. Okay. You know, I mean, there, there are other Second Amendment groups. Uh, the Second Amendment Foundation, I think, is a really good group, SAF.org. I think they do really wonderful good, uh, work, and there are some others out there. I would say probably SAF and then whatever your state organization is. Uh, and, and be careful because there have been some state organizations that have popped up in the last two years trying to take advantage of the turmoil at the NRA. And I don't think they're particularly useful. I think that mostly they're just money laundering or, or not money laundering, money raising operations. So if you find okay. a state group, make sure they've been around for about five years or more. I think it'd be good. All right. All right. Well, well I appreciate, appreciate your... I, you bet. Well, I appreciate the call. I appreciate you checking into it because that's, you know, I mean, I trust me, I pushed NRA membership for years and years. And then about five or six years ago, I actually took the, uh, the NRA membership bug off of our website so people could join through our website. We made money through that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. I'll have to tell you. Uh, when you are a recruiter, you sign people up for the NRA, you get money out of that. And I would take the checks that the NRA would send us. And I would uh, just endorse them over to the Second Amendment Foundation. So yeah, that worked out pretty well. Line two, Richard's with us out of Portland, Oregon. Hey, Richard, what's going on here, man? Well, I bought a 44 Ruger Red Hawk, 44 Magnum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wondering what the difference between the, uh, the Super Red Hawk and that is. I think, I'm going to have to admit, I think that... The Super Red Hawk is simply a stronger, more robust uh, revolver. And the, the Red Hawk is strong, and the Super Red Hawk is stronger, basically, is what it amounts to. Probably not a lot to, to choose between the two. How, well, let me ask you a question. How do you like your Red Hawk? I like it. it, uh, it was, I sh- first, I shot the 44 Special out of it, which is, you know, because it, it had long barrels, so it didn't tip much. And then yeah, I put that's the Magnum nice. Then. <laughs> it was noticeable difference. That's and a whole I different like deal. It. And I, I love shooting 44 specials and 44 magnums. It's like when you shoot 38 specials out of a 357. It's just fun. Right. Can you, can you use, can I shoot the uh, new 44 magnums you were talking about earlier in the show? Ah, in that? No, you cannot. That's, that's, it's called a four, what do they call that? 429 something. I have to go back and see. It's a brand new cartridge. It was just uh, approved by Sammy. And it is a bottleneck cartridge. It's not at all the same uh, design as a 44. Uh, it does shoot a 44, let's say 44 caliber. Actually, you know, the four, 44 Magnum is actually not a 44 caliber. It's actually a 429 caliber, 0.429. Mm. And so this shoots a 429. 
uh, at considerably more velocity, but it's a bottleneck cartridge, so it won't fit at all. There's no way to do that. Um, really, if you want, if you end up wanting something bigger or more powerful than a 44 Magnum, you might want to look at another revolver, get yourself another revolver chamber for the 454 Casual, because it has um, twice the muzzle energy. It has more energy actually at 100 yards than a 44 Magnum does at the muzzle. That's how much more powerful it is. Uh, 44 Magnums is good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I'm right there I'm with you. Old, I'm an old wimp. I just can't handle all that. that. That's why we like the 44 Special in those, right? Right. <laughs> I agree 100%. All right. Appreciate that. Keep enjoying that thing. That is really good. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, let's see. I'm getting a note here from, uh, I think it's from Michelle. The Super Red Hawk is normally drilled and tapped for scopes as well. So just a, a heads up there. So that may be one of the differences. Let's go talk with Joe in Kansas on line five. Hey, Joe. Yeah, I get my suits for $2.50 at the thrift store. I want everybody to know that. Uh, anyways, I've come up with something that might work. It's called the Second Amendment Preservation of the States Act. Okay. We, the people of the state of Kansas or Idaho or Louisiana, feel the issue that uh, legislation of 2021 is unjust and unconstitutional and could result in defamation of character over the people. Okay, Therefore, what are we going to do with that? I believe we could get a petition made with this thing. Well, you know, there is a movement to do Second Amendment sanctuary states now. And that's making its way. Virginia did that. Their counties, they had like almost all their counties ended up passing resolutions so that they would be Second Amendment sanctuaries so that if the feds passed laws, the law enforcement people who are there would not enforce them. And so that's being done in states. Is that kind of similar to what you're talking about? No, what you're talking about is the Second Amendment Protection Act, and it, and it, uh, local sheriff's departments won't enforce red flag laws. This uh, mm -hmm. keeps, like, uh, unjust uh, background check laws out. Ah, okay. Uh, here's the basic problem, is that there's really nothing a state can do that overturns <clears throat> or negates federal law. I mean, all these Second Amendment sanctuary things are being passed. They feel good. They do nothing whatsoever. And I almost wonder if it's not a distraction. I mean, I understand that it helps people rally behind things, gets people all excited and all. But in terms of reality, you can have that, but it doesn't mean that the federal law doesn't apply. So there's a time. Sometimes I wonder if we don't spend our time and effort doing things that make us feel good but don't actually help us in, in the fights. And I think this may be one of those, these state things that say, we're just going to ignore your federal laws. Well, no, actually you can't. It's, that, it doesn't work that way. And I appreciate the call, and I understand what you're thinking and what you're talking about, but I just, I look at this and think, you know, we should be able to do better than this. We should be able to work harder on this stuff. We should be able to do things that are more effective. And I wish we wouldn't my terms, I think sometimes we get distracted and diverted. And honestly, I'm, okay, I'll just say it. I think a lot of the stuff is pushed by people who don't know how things work. They don't know that a sanctuary state like this, it's meaningless. It's a feel-good thing. It's like saying, well, we're just not going to you know, obey your laws. Well, you can't do that. And you can't keep the feds from enforcing the laws. Speaking of enforcing the laws... 
uh, just read a story here. Let's see if I have this handy. Yeah. Uh, East Hartford man gets probation for owning a gun while using pot. East Hartford man, Hartford, Connecticut, who admitted to federal agents that he had been using marijuana regularly while owning a gun was sentenced last week to three years probation by a judge who said marijuana will soon be legal and called his situation tragic. The judge sentenced him to three years probation. You know what that means? You can never own a gun again. And people say, yeah, but it's but marijuana is legal here. Doesn't matter. Understand, it doesn't matter if your state has legalized marijuana. It doesn't matter if you have a legal medical marijuana card. If you are using marijuana, you are prohibited from owning a gun. That's the federal law. If and when they end up legalizing marijuana use nationally, federally, probably they'll have to change the regs on gun ownership. But as of right now, and this has gotten a lot of people in trouble who don't understand this, well, marijuana is legal now. Well, it is in your state, but it's the federal law that actually takes precedence on this. And you're violating federal law. You cannot own a gun while you're using marijuana. This guy gets, uh, he gets, <laughs> He gets sentenced to three years probation, which means it's a felony, okay? And the judge doesn't want to. The judge says, hey, it's going to be legal federally before too long. And it's tragic that this has happened, but this is what the law is. So I'm just telling you, this is a heads up. You know, and even if you are not a marijuana user, if you have members of your family who are, who own guns, you need to explain to them what the deal is. It's just, I mean, it's just a serious issue. Probably it all goes away if and when, and I think it probably is a when. Federally decriminalized marijuana use, we'll see. I don't know. I don't really have a position on it other than to say, just be careful. Don't do something stupid. Don't lose your gun rights for the rest of your life because you're smoking pot, okay? 866-TALK-GUN will get you in here. I'm Tom Gresham. We'll be right back with more gun talk. Hey, everybody, we're all off for the holidays, letting the staff have some time with their families. Glad that you could be here. Hope that your holidays are safe. Now, here is a reloaded version of Gun Talk. Self-defense competition, old guns, collecting guns, military guns. It goes on and on and on. The world of firearms is, is really vast. And when you start incorporating the history of guns, you go to museums. I love the Cody Museum. There are a lot of great museums out there that have the history of firearms. It's just really interesting. And that, there's kind of no end to the whole deal. Then you start talking about competition and taking classes and training. And it just goes forever. It's really fun. I love this stuff. By the way, I'm Tom Gresham. The show here is Gun Talk, and you can be a part of it simply by calling us right now. 866-TALK-GUN. Get you in here. If you happen to miss any of the shows, you can always just pick up the podcast. We take the show, we repackage it. It becomes a podcast for Gun Talk, wherever you get your podcast. And we have what we call the after show. We do an additional segment of the show that's actually not heard on radio stations. So we love our radio stations. Don't get me wrong. But we add a little bit extra, and we go a little bit wacky, and we kind of go in all sorts of directions at the same time. So you might want to check some of that out as well. Again, 866-TALK-GUN gets you in here. Dell has called in out of Lewiston, Idaho. 
Hello, Dale. Thank you for your patience. What's going on? Well, I have a uh, bone to pick with you, sir. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been trying to do what you said, you know, donate to GOA and all these other, including the uh, Restore the NRA, and I just don't have enough money to give Wayne feed and clothe him anymore. <laughs> We're going we're to get Sally Struthers to come do a commercial so we can raise money for Wayne's clothes. How's that? Well, that's what I was sitting there thinking. Every time I see one of these commercials, I say, I'm going to do that for Wayne. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. And yeah, the other exactly. thing is, is I've been uh, using this Mantis X since I can't find any ammo, even in Lewiston. Uh-huh. And because uh, the, the good old, well, you, what used to be the good old boys still operate here. Uh, Omar and CCI and Spear still right. operate here. Now they're Vista Outdoors. But right. uh, I've been using that Mantis X, and i got to say I'm getting a little bit better, and it's a lot of fun to use. Now describe it's, the Mantis X for people who don't know what you're talking about. Okay, the Manus X is a thing that or is a device that fits on your pistol mm-hmm. or rifle or shotgun, and it use and it it uh, connects to your phone and it tells you where your shots are going. You can either use it live fire or dry fire. Does it use a laser? It, um, it uses a laser of some type. Yes. Okay, so you're you're doing dry fire practice, but this thing is giving you a record of where your shots are going, and you start yep. you get that immediate feedback, and you start trying to do better. So, to how much has it helped you? Quite a bit. Um, I have gotten quite a bit better, and uh, my wife and I are both in competition now, and it's a great way to train kids. Huh. Yeah, you know, I had my grandkids up here, and they were loving it. They thought it was great. They thought it well, was a video game. It's like a video game. And now, what gun do you have yeah. the Manus uh, mounted onto? I have it on a Springfield uh, XD40. Okay. But it, you can, uh, anything that's got a, uh, uh, a rail, you can put it on. Okay. So, yeah, you just put, I, put it on the rail, and you got a target that the laser goes to, and then you get the feedback on your phone. Yeah. It's just a standard target. You don't have to do anything. It just it tells you where the shot would would go. Interesting. And, and then you, you get to work on, and you realize, okay, I'm actually jerking the trigger. I'm pulling the trigger. I'm going to work on my trigger press. That. It uh, tells you that. It tells you all of that. That's that's pretty slick. And as you say, now that we are are pretty reluctant to go out and just blow a lot of ammo out there because it's hard to come by and expensive. Uh, not only does this help you with your shooting, but it's just a ton of fun. It's something you can do indoors, especially in the winter. Oh, yeah. Good deal. Well, that's yeah. a great range report. I appreciate that, sir. That's pretty darn cool. Uh, yeah, and exactly. It's this whole deal of, uh, I think, I know people hear me say it all the time, and I'm not sure everybody processes it. Because, it's, frankly, it's not that easy to do. But your accuracy, particularly on your handguns, is really all about the trigger press and not the sight alignment. The sights can kind of wobble around, and if you do good trigger presses, you're going to shoot little bitty groups, and they're going to go to the right place. And if you hold the sights absolutely perfectly steady, and they don't move at all, but you have a lousy trigger pull, you're going to be all over the place, and you're going to basically be a lousy shot. 
it really is trigger first, sight second, and everybody gets them backwards. Partly because it's hard, I mean, you can see when the sights are off, right? But you don't really know when you're yanking the trigger. Well, something like the Mantis X system, it'll tell you when you're jerking the trigger, when you're milking the trigger, when you're doing stuff. It really does help. It's a, it's a great idea. I love the thing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this real quick break. Frank, I'm go- don't go anywhere. I want to get to you, but i got to take the break because uh, I don't want to short you on time. And if anyone else would like to join us, hey, we're just talking about guns. Give me a call, 866-TALK-GUN. This is Marty Hayes, president of the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. Do you have self-defense insurance or belong to an organization backed by an insurance company? If so, understand insurance companies do not have your best interests at heart. They work for themselves. We are different. Instead of insurance, we have our own legal defense fund of close to $3 million, money set aside for your defense. To learn more, go to armedcitizensnetwork.org. That's armedcitizensnetwork.org. Visit GunTalk.com slash win to enter the Maxed Out giveaway. One grand prize winner receives the new Ruger Max 9 micro-sized striker-fired Red Dot Ready 9mm pistol offering 12 plus 1 capacity plus a $250 gift certificate to Crossbreed Holsters. Three first prize winners receive a Crossbreed Holsters gift certificate for $250 to use on holsters, belts, and accessories. Enter now through April 30th at GunTalk.com slash win. Your gun rights are under attack as never before. Joe Biden's administration has promised to rip away your constitutional rights, making good on the promises they made to the gun ban lobby. It's time to get off the sidelines and get in the fight. The Second Amendment Foundation's actions in dozens of landmark lawsuits have pushed back these gun grabs, but we need your help. Join and support the Second Amendment Foundation. Go to saf.org. That's saf.org. Introducing the all-new St. Victor from Springfield Armory. Our versatile line of battle-ready configurations designed for serious shooters and built on the rock-solid St. platform for unwavering reliability. Available in carbine-length rifle, SBR, and pistol configurations, each St. Victor is purpose-built and loaded with features to deliver ultimate performance under extreme conditions. The all-new St. Victor from Springfield Armory. Never a victim. Always the victor. with you here. Uh, I do want to get to, uh, let's see, make sure, yeah, Frank is in Winter Park, Colorado on three. Frank, thank you for your patience. I appreciate you hanging with us for so long. How can we help you? Hi, Tom. Enjoy your show. Thank you. I'm an 87-year-old guy with uh, a half a dozen old shotguns, uh, several of which must be older than I am. Oh, wow. Uh, For example, I got a 12-gauge double-barrel New Era Nitro Hammerless 1920 fine twist. <laughs> Probably a Damascus barrel, right? Yeah, I suspect so. That's what yeah. the family lore said, but okay. it doesn't say that on the on the gun. Well, the fine twist tells me that it's Damascus barrels because it's a twist uh, steel barrel. Okay, okay. Um, uh, what I'd like to do is find out the value of these guns. 
I've been on the internet and I get stonewalled or people want me to sign up for something. Uh, is yeah. there a good source for for uh, finding out the value? Two places I I would recommend. But let me back up. Before you can do that, you got to know what they are because it doesn't do you any good. And sometimes, especially with the older side-bys, it's really hard to figure out who made them because back then, if uh, Jim Bob's gun store or hardware store wanted, he wanted to order 50 of them, these gun companies would make them and and label them Jim Bob's, you know, Blaster Special or something. And now you're going, I don't even know who made this thing. And, And so it makes tracking them down hard. You're familiar with the uh, the Gun Digest. It's a really large annual uh, book that comes out. No. All right. It, it, most gun stores are going to have a copy of it. If I remember right, in the back of that, they have a rundown that helps kind of figure out what these old guns are and who made them. So if you run into a problem identifying your guns, that might be something that can uh, help you. The two websites that I would suggest okay. in terms of trying to figure out what they're worth uh, one is gunbroker.com. You know, that's where people go and sell their guns, and you can find out what they're actually listing them for, what they're selling them for, and you just do a search for whatever the gun is on gunbroker.com. And the other is the okay. Blue Book of Gun Values, and that's that's their deal. The Blue Book of Gun Values is all about what guns are worth, what their values are, and they do have a website, and if you just look for Blue Book of Gun Values, you'll be able to find that. I'm writing that down. Very good, sir. Okay. Well, Thank I wish you. you luck with it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's if you want to sell guns, now's a good time because people will flat out buy guns. The other thing is, I'm going to throw this one last thought out. If you don't want to mess around with people coming into your home or people knowing you have guns, gun stores are hungry for used guns now that they can turn around and sell. And if you've got a gun store around there, you might want to talk to them and say, hey, would you guys, you know, want to buy some guns? And then you got to find out you know what value it is but chances are you could probably sell all of those guns at one time you know at a, a gun store and then of course there's uh we do have a an advertiser here who buys guns and uh, they just do it you go on the internet Dury's guns d-u-r-y-s Dury's guns.com and they are terrific if you call those guys and you say this is what i have they'll say okay i know what that is and this is what it's worth uh, i've so frankly i have personally sold them a bunch of guns uh that I got from my dad, I inherited, and it's a Dury's, D-U-R-Y-S, Dury'sGuns.com. Uh, that might even be my first stop, just because they know the market so well, they're going to know what they're worth. Okay. Very good, sir. All right. Thank I wish you, you luck much. with it. You bet. You take care. I appreciate the call, sir. Let's see here. Robert, Wasilla, Alaska, line four, sanctuary yeah. laws. Robert, what's going on? Well, yes, sir. I agree with you that sanctuary is not the way to do it. But if we put in sanctuary laws and they, and the first thing they're going to try to do is to take us to court to overturn it, mm-hmm. well, doesn't that overturn sanctuary laws for illegal aliens? Oh, you know what the answer is going to be? Oh, but that's different. <laughs> right? No, but I mean in the court. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know. But, you know, even the courts will say, yeah, I understand, but that's different. And they go, yeah, no, it's not. But. Right. But but that's what I'm trying to say is, hey, either we cure the illegal problem or we get to keep our guns. Right. I understand the motivation. I understand the trying to the the what about ism in the whole thing. But what about, you know, that I just don't think it gets us any closer to where we need to be. And honestly, 
I am at kind of at the point where I think that the battles, and they're important, the battles in the legislatures and in the Congress, we have to stop them from taking away our gun rights. But I really think the real battle is going to be in the courts and the Supreme Court. And that's why I'm trying to direct as much as I can energy to people who want to make donations to the Second Amendment Foundation and to the Firearms Policy Coalition, probably the two premier groups that are doing really good work in the courts out there these days. So, but yeah, it's an interesting idea. I appreciate that. I got a range report from Brian coming in here out of Bandon, Oregon. Hey, Brian, what you been shooting? I've been shooting, uh, I, I bought a couple uh, Glock 44s and 22 because the other oh. ones are just too, you know, I don't want to shoot them right now. Right. And uh, so my boy and I, he's nine, we went out this morning and uh, I had a bunch of mags and, and we loaded them up and we had a great time shooting it. And, you know, I have a bunch of old 22, so it was nice and cheap to shoot. Right. But, uh, and the guns handled great, although I, I, I have like 10 uh, factory mags and I bought six of these new 18 round mags and they just didn't work at all. <laughs> Which is a little bit disappointing. Well, you know, I, I could see it coming. I knew where you were going to go. It's like the factory mags are working great, so I bought some aftermarket mags, and they really suck. Um, yeah, that's that is so but typical. Yeah, it's 22, and it's expected, so I only bought a few of them. Though. I bought right. six of them, but I thought I would at least give them a run, and, and I wasn't real pleased. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know, the Glock 44, that's the model number. It actually, it's not a 44 caliber. It shoots 22s, 22 rimfire. Yes. And they're, they're kind of small and, and light and fun, and you can go out and do a lot of shooting for not a lot of money, especially if you're like me where, you know, if I start looking around in closets and different places and garages and all, there's no, no telling how much 22 ammo is stashed in different places. Well, sure. I mean, you, a bucket of 1,480 rounds goes a while. Yeah, exactly right. Well, good. I'm glad that's working out for you. It's, it's, that's one of those guns that I've looked at and said, you know, that might be fun to get, and I just haven't done it. Well, honestly, it's not not that I don't have other 22s, and so they're fun. The other thing, and thank you for the call. I appreciate that. If you haven't done it, just brought up a memory. Uh, 22 revolvers are just tons of fun. Um, I've got a Smith 617, 6-inch barrel, full lug, under lug. God, that thing is fun. just hangs on target. Uh, Ruger, single action, 22 rim fires, especially the convertibles. You can go back to 22 mag and 22 uh, long rifle. Tons of fun, simple, and because they're uh, revolvers, it takes a little bit longer to go through your ammo because you got to reload them. It's not like you shoot a whole bunch and reload mags and all. So just kind of a thought, if you've got a 22 revolver back in the back of your gun safe somewhere, might be time to break it out, kind of rediscover the joy of revolvers. It's, you know me, I, I do like my revolvers. Not that I don't like the semis, but I do like the revolvers, too. They've got a, something special going for them. We call, we call them analog handguns, right? We'll be right back. All right, back with you. Tom Gresham here, 866-TALK-GUN. In case uh, Frank in Winter Park, Colorado, is still listening, he's looking for a guide to uh, values on old guns. And Michelle pointed out, Flaterman's Guide is really good for that. Flaterman's Guide to Antique American Firearms and Their Values. Flaterman's is F-L-A-Y-D-E-R, Flaterman's Guide. 
And you can find that. You can get it off of Amazon. You can find it different places. So uh, that's a, a heads up on that. Hey, Gary's called in uh, Boonville, Arkansas on one. Hey, Gary, what you got? I've got a 38H, Sour and Son, oh. that was used in World War II, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble determining what it is. It's it's not a very pretty gun. And as I started reading it, I thought it had rushed it over and somebody took steel wool to it. Uh-huh. I got it from my grandfather. But I was thinking about get taking it in and having it's a nice little gun and taking it in and having it reblued. But uh-huh. as I got to reading about it, a lot of these guns were never finished at the factory because the Germans were so pressured to right. get production out that they skipped that finishing process. Mm-hmm. So should I leave it as it is or should I blew it? Well, again, this is going to be personal preference. The question is, do you ever want to sell it? Because, I mean, as far as a collector's item, you blew it and the value is going to go down significantly. Yeah. Okay. I, it's I got probably... pearl handles on it. And I can't find that anywhere. No, I don't. don't, don't this gun was given to me back in the '60s, so I don't. I don't, don't think they were making pearl handles for these. Or could, is that could be aftermarket? Did. Somebody added on. But I, my suggestion would be to not blue it. Uh, I mean, I guess why would you want to? Do you shoot it? Oh yeah, it, it's a, it's a neat little pistol, perfect size. It works. Thirty-two fine. auto, seven six five. Yeah, works okay. Uh, I bought another clip for it. But, I would I would just you know. shoot it the way it is if, if it were me. And, again, it's a personal preference. It's not going to be – it's your gun. You can do what you want to do. But uh, I would not blue it unless you just said, you know, it really, really would make me happy to have this blued. Okay, fine. If you're going to do that, find somebody who's really good at it and do some shopping around. I wouldn't let my average uh, neighborhood gunsmith do that. That's for sure because you got to have somebody that really knows how to disassemble them and probably going to be some polishing involved, and that's where the real skill comes in. Or – uh, polishing done badly could simply ruin the gun. So just kind of a heads up on that. I, if All it were right. me, I'd, I'd shoot it the way it is because it's kind of a piece of history there. I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, oh, yes, Ronnie, in, uh, out of Missouri, line four. You, did you lose a gun? Hey, how are you? I'm good. So I found a gun um, I've been hunting with for years. It's a forty-four Magnum. I always take it as a sidearm. Mm-hmm. Lost it in the woods two years ago, and I found it. I, I'm searching every fall, every winter, almost every weekend, looking for this gun. Okay. Um, it up pretty bad. Um, I can't cock mm-hmm. it. I can't pull the hammer. I can't pull the cylinder out. And it's loaded. Um, no, it was. It was on. Well, I did have one round in it. Uh, so there, you're right. There is one round in it. And uh, and I don't know what yeah. to do. I don't know whether I, would, I should soak it in WD forty or what. Yeah, I would soak it in WD forty for a week because that's going to penetrate into the primer pocket. So you're going to kill the uh, uh, the primer, so it's not going to go off, and also it may help loosen it up. I think what you're going to find in the end is that it may not even be worth salvaging because by the time somebody polishes it and reblues it and does all the stuff you got to do to it. Depending on how bad it is and if it's really badly pitted, you're never going to get it back to where it was. Uh, but the first thing is to, yeah, I mean, get enough WD-40, soak it for a week in there. It'll kill the primer. You can loosen everything up. I wish you luck with it. Hey, let me know how it works out if you do that, if you would, please. In the meantime, hey, everybody else, you can still call me. We're going to be uh, doing the after show in just a second. If you're on hold, don't go anywhere. We're going to get you into the after show. 
In the meantime, watch your six, take people out shooting, and be careful.